wrapping up our three-part series on pain. And, uh, you know, something about this series has really kind of gone deep. Does anybody feel like this series is kind of like dug a little under your skin, kind of, kind of got a little bit further, a little bit deeper than maybe some other series, and, and, uh, and it really has. I've really felt the Holy Spirit working through this, doing things in my life, some of your lives, and just hearing some stories and getting to pray with some of you, and seeing how God uses pain. And we started talking, uh, we started this series talking about how um, we can use our pain, that our pain serves as an invitation to intimacy with the Father. And Wendy was talking about that, 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 that pain can be a reminder to draw us in and to let the Holy Spirit use that to go, okay, well, let's, let's spend some God time, let's spend some Father time and allow Him to heal us and walk with Him. You know, the times in my life where I have really just walked closely with God, you want to take a guess when those times have been? High pain. High pain. You know, something about pain just makes us just run to God. And just like when we were kids, y'all remember when you were kids, you'd hurt yourself, you'd scrape yourself, you'd bleed, and you just, you ran to your parents. You ran to your mom, you ran to your dad, right? And so our pain can be that way with our Heavenly Father. We run to God. We go, oh, okay, God, I'm hurting, right? And then last week, Karen talked about the way that pain teaches us, right? Pain is a teacher. Pain helps us to grow, to be more like Christ. And so that was awesome. You know what? Like, that message is online. It almost didn't get online. Karen, it was such an important message that actually what happened, there was a technical flub, and we didn't get it recorded. And so Karen went home and re-recorded it so that we can upload it to the podcast because it was that important. It was really uh, that powerful of a message. So if you, if you weren't here last week and you missed it, go ahead, go to findmercy.org and, and, and listen to it. And so uh, today, I want to talk about um, giving purpose to our pain. Giving purpose to our pain. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when we're in pain, um, the question that we like to ask is, why? Why am I in pain? Why did this happen? Why was I betrayed? Why did I lose my job? Why did this illness come to my family? Why? And, um, and really, that's the wrong question. That's the wrong question. The right question is, God, what purpose can I give to this pain? What purpose can this pain serve? And so... Um, and, and God, what can you do through it? And so it's important that when we encounter pain and suffering, that it never be wasted. You know, it, this, this is not in your notes. This isn't going to be on the PowerPoint. But write it down. Never let your pain be wasted. Never let your pain be wasted. Because pain can be so powerful. Pain, pain can be, it can be an amazing motivator. Pain can bring you to levels of growth that you've never experienced before. So never let your pain be wasted. Pain uh, is always comes to us unwelcome. Nobody welcomes pain, right? Unless you're one of those gym rats. You're like, no pain, no gain, right? Um, I think my son's turning into that guy. But, um, but pain is always unwelcome, but it's so vital that we treat it with healthy respect. Always treat your pain with healthy respect. Don't hate your pain. Because isn't that what we do? A lot of times when we, when we are in pain, uh, someone that Wendy and I used to know used to say a lot of times we either nurse it, curse it, or rehearse it, you know, our pain, right? We nurse our pain, 
because we make it a, a part of our identity, and this is kind of who I am. We nur- and we foster that pain, and we become bitter, and we become, you know, it's almost like that pain becomes our friend. You know, we eventually, we reach a place in our life where we, we don't know who we'd be without that pain, you know. Or we rehearse that pain, we go over it in our mind over and over and over and over and over again, replaying those movies of when we were hurt, replaying those movies of when that pain came on us, we rehearse that pain, or we curse it, right? We curse that pain. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, never let your pain be wasted, okay? Don't nurse it, don't curse it, don't rehearse it. Treat it with a healthy respect instead of just trying to get rid of it as, as quickly as possible, right? A lot of times, what do we do? We deny our pain, sometimes, right? I mean, ever deny that, but I'm not in pain, right? Or, or sometimes when we're hurting, we keep ourselves really busy, because if we keep ourselves really busy, we can kind of deny that pain. We don't have to feel that pain. Remember, Ron was here a few months ago, and he said, you can't heal what you won't feel, right? And so a lot of times, we try to just stay busy, try to deny other, our pain, or we medicate our pain, our world is so about medicating pain right now, right? Now, now, now that weed is legal, hey, we can just medicate our pain. I'm depressed, no problem, right? Uh, or, or, or we drink our pain away. We try to eat our pain away. Or sometimes when we're in pain, some people's drug is, you know, porn. We porn that, we try to porn, you know, kind of medicate ourselves with that or, or alcohol. And so there's just so many ways that we try to medicate ourselves and then tell ourselves that's how we get through the day. And um, I, can I just, that, that's, that's a recipe for self-destruction. That, that's just a recipe for spiraling down because that's not how God wants us to deal with our pain, by just covering it or medicating our pain. Or for some people, if they're, if they're really spiritual, what they try to do is they try to praise the pain away. All right? I'm just going to praise the pain away. Hallelujah! And... Uh, you know, and that can be almost as deadly because that becomes a form of denial, right? I'm going to do something that's going to put me in a good mood because, after all, being in a good mood is our highest aspiration, right? <laughs> Wrong, okay? And, uh, and so we try to maybe praise the pain away, hoping that if we get super spiritual, God's just going to take it away. But what if God has a purpose for your pain? What if God has a purpose for your pain? And I think it's so important that we ask ourselves that question. What if by trying to shake it off or go around it, we miss out on his work in our lives? Um, this, is, this is big stuff. This is stuff I hope all of you guys get today. You know, I, I really do. I hope all of you take th- this, this message in particular away with you today. Um, so what are, some, what are some signs that we have wasted pain in our lives? See, you know mean? What do I act like if I have some wasted pain in my life? What are some signs? Well, one sign is that it's difficult to forgive others. When it's difficult to forgive others, that's a sign that we have wasted pain in our lives. We have pain that we haven't dealt with, that we haven't assigned a purpose, that we haven't allowed God to work in us through. And so, um, and we can say a lot of, because listen, if you've been in church any amount of time, you know all the right words to say. I just had a conversation with a guy the other day, and I said, I think some of the language, some of the vernacular, some of the things that we use in church have, have ultimately hurt us. Um, because we, we can be terribly betrayed. We can be in terrible mourning. And we go, 
I just give it to God. I just give it to God. Meanwhile, what you really need is to go see a therapist. Right? Meanwhile, what you really need is to do some journaling and to work through it and do the hard work because it's through the hard work that God does amazing things in us. And so, um, so we find it difficult. So a lot of people, they, they will say they forgive because that's the spiritual thing to say. I forgive them. I forgive. I just, you know what, but I forgive them. And you know what, I get that. Sometimes we have to say I forgive them a hundred times. Oh, there's that noise. Okay. All right. Uh, and so we find it difficult to forgive others. That can be a sign. And so we say that we forgive over and over, but we still re- we wrestle with bitterness and we wrestle with letting it go. You know, some people leave another church. I forgive those people over there, but I never want to see them again. Uh, it's not really forgiving. Um, you know, or, or I forgive that person, or I forgive that parent, or I forgive, you know, that, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm walking across the street if I see him coming. And, and so, uh, or another way that, uh, that we behave uh, when we have wasted pain in our lives is we, we act like we've got something to prove. We behave like we've got something to prove. That can often be an uh, indication that somebody uh, has undealt with pain, right? Um, we, we want people to see how spiritual we are, right? Uh, or how healthy we've become. Or how happy we are without our ex. We've got something to prove, right? I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm on Facebook too, you know. But uh, when we have wasted pain, a lot of times we act like we've got something to, to prove, or we don't, just success, we don't just share our successes with others. We, we kind of rub their noses in it. And that can be a sign that we have undealt with pain. We have wasted pain. Um, or we put walls up. We just don't, we don't let others in. And we don't let authenticity out. And that could be a sign that we have wasted pain. Um, we give vague answers when people ask how we're doing. <laughs> right. I, I've done it, right? Oh, great. Yeah, man, God is so good. Really? What's he been good? How, how has he shown his goodness to you lately? Oh, he's just good. So you're doing fine? What does that look like right now? I'm fine. You know, and, and it's just these vague answers. We keep those walls up, right? We, we like to keep people at arm's length. Um, another, another sign that we have wasted pain in our lives is we gain knowledge but don't truly grow. We gain knowledge but we don't truly grow. Uh, it's so easy to get pumped up and excited about gaining knowledge. However, it's not growth unless we apply it to our lives. They say that knowledge is power, but really knowledge is not power. It's knowledge applied that's power, right? And so uh, when we have wasted pain, a lot of times we can gain all sorts of knowledge. We listen to all the podcasts. We read all the books. We, we, sit, we listen to our favorite you know, uh, preachers on TV, and we get so pumped up, but nothing changes in our lives. Right? We don't really grow. And that could be a sign of wasted pain. Right? Um, how, you know, how do we know if we've just kind of filled our heads with knowledge but don't grow? You, know, you might be going, yeah, amen, so-and-so. Right? But how do you know that you have, have kind of just filled your head with knowledge but don't grow? Well, one thing is that we keep repeating the same thing over and over again. Right? We keep repeating that, that same relationship and, oh, that person betrayed me. And then we go into another relationship, and oh, that person was a jerk. And we go into another relationship, and we just keep repeating. Or we do that with our jobs, 
right? We get a job. Oh, that, they screwed me over there. We get another job. Oh, they just kept holding me back. And we get another, we just keep doing it over and over again. We just kind of find ourselves repeating this over and over again. And it's because we're not growing. We're not learning. We're not changing. It's always their fault, right? There's always plenty of blame to go around. And, uh, and so it's, it may look different. The faces and places may look different. But at the core, it's the same issue. But we don't see it because we have wasted pain. We haven't grown through it. And so, oh, we think about how others could benefit from the knowledge we learn. All right? You ever listen to a sermon? You go, I wish so-and-so was here. This would have rung their bell. I wish they were. But it's like, no, God is trying to talk to you. To you, right? And so one of the signs that we're gaining knowledge but not growing from it is by always, every time we hear something, it's all about somebody else needs to hear this. Somebody else needs to grow from this. But we don't want to apply it to ourselves. Which leads me to the last thing, is that we're, we're critical of others. We're just always critical of, of others. That, high, that kind of high criticism. And um, it's like, you know, criticism, criticism comes so easy. It's so easy to find faults with others. You know, uh, we, you, we, we criticize this preacher, or we criticize this, you know, whatever, everything's just got a criticism for everything. You know, some people, it's like they go into a situation, and uh, maybe you know this, and maybe this has been you, but they, it's like no matter what situation they walk into, they can think of five things that would make it better. Right? I actually, I remember as a youth pastor, I had an 11th grader sit me down once and tell me, that he would run things so differently if he was the youth pastor. I thought, okay. <laughs> You'll be crying in a week. And, uh, you know, and so, um, but, you know, we, we find faults and spot needs for growth in other people all around us while repeating the same mistakes over and over again. And so that critical spirit can be a sign that, we, uh, you know, we, we need to grow through some pain, that we have pain that we've wasted instead of assigning a purpose to it. And so what's the best way to make sure our pain isn't wasted? How can God be glorified through our suffering? Because remember, we're promised suffering. Every one of you here is going to experience pain and you're going to suffer. You are promised suffering. And uh, just because you have been through hard times doesn't mean the suffering's over. Okay, so uh, <laughs> what's the best way? We're going to talk about that because remember Jesus said he promised it in John 16. Uh, let's pray. God, I ask in Jesus' name that you would open our eyes today. Lord, that we would be people who grow through our pain. We would be people that give our pain a purpose, God, that we wouldn't let pain be wasted in our lives. God, um, we want to be people who are just ever expanding, growing and growing in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's start off. We're going to take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Apostle Paul here, my man Paul. Anybody here else just think Paul is like the B.A. apostle? Yes, I love Apostle Paul. Okay, and he says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with comfort through Christ. I love, he just keeps using the word comfort over and over and over again. How many of you here thinks that God finds it important for you to be comforted? 
Right? Anybody else? Yes. Okay? So, uh, through Christ, even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. When you can pat- then you can patiently endure through the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share the comfort God gives us. So if you remember one thing today, one thing at all, remember this, always assign a purpose to your pain. Always assign a purpose to your pain. Remember, never let your pain be wasted. Why would you want it to? Why would you want your pain to be wasted? Right? I mean, you've got to endure it. You might as well assign a purpose to it. And so always assign a purpose to your pain. When we assign a purpose to our pain, it won't be wasted. And, and, and when that purpose is to let it draw us closer to the Father, right, we'll encounter Him in ways that we never thought possible. I have encountered God uh, through pain in ways that I have never encountered God through good times and through happiness. Uh, through, through, I mean, just some of the depth, some of the amazing things I've encountered and things that I've learned through pain. Okay, and so when that purpose is to teach us, we can learn from our mistakes, we can grow wiser, we can grow stronger. Uh, it's funny because they did uh, surveys on about a thousand people. Uh, um, I'm reading this book. Did you start that book, Mindset? Oh, pick it up. Okay, so they, they did research on people with a, what's, what they call it a fixed mindset. Psychologists call it a fixed mindset. And, and, uh, and then psychologists call it a growth mindset. That, that, that they've determined that most people fall in two categories, a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. A fixed mindset... Uh, obviously, is, it is what it is, you know, and uh, maybe, you, you know, a fixed mindset believes you're born with a certain set of talents and giftings and whatever, and you can't really grow, and you're, sta- you know, and then a growth mindset just says, whatever the opportunity, I'm going to grow through it, and they did research on about a thousand couples uh, who have had their hearts broken, who've had bad relationships, and the people with the fixed mindset their, their thoughts, when, when they endured that pain, when they endured that betrayal, when their relationship fell apart, was uh, that all they could think of was hurting that other person. You know, it was just, it was like, in fact, some of them even said that they would rather see that person suffer than themselves be happy. You know, that they were that, but the people, what was interesting was the people with the growth mindset said, I played my part in this, and you know what? I want to grow so that the next time around, I get this right. I want to grow. And so um, it's so interesting how we can grow through our pain. And so uh, that purpose is to learn from our stakes, to grow wiser, to grow stronger. When our purpose is to extend comfort to others in pain, we have the honor of being the healing hand of God to them. Isn't that awesome? We have the honor of being the healing hand of God to them. So how do we share the comfort God gives us? Well, the first thing is this, is praise God in your pain. I'm not talking about what I mentioned earlier, praising the pain away. Which, you know what? Sometimes you can praise yourself into a pretty good mood when you are going through a pretty hard times. But uh, we still have to deal with that. So First uh, Peter chapter 1 says to rejoice in trials. Rejoice in trials. Like I said, it's not about praising the pain away, but it's about declaring, God, this pain isn't going to hold me back from worshiping you. You guys hear that? I want you to hear that. Because how many times have we even come in on a Sunday morning with pain 
and just thought, you know what, I'm just going to phone these songs in. I'm just not going to engage, right? And, and, but when we praise God in the pain, it's saying, God, the pain is great, but you are greater. The pain is great, but you are greater. And so it says that my suffering has nothing to do with your worthiness of praise. It doesn't. It doesn't. My suffering has nothing to do with your worthiness. I'm going to praise you even during my dark times. And so praise God in your pain. When we praise God, it declares his greatness and it declares our dependency on him. And, and you know, I know that we kind of live in a country where dependency is such a bad word. We celebrate Independence Day, not Dependence Day. But our dependency on God is an important thing to understand and to develop. Okay? Because, let's, let's just be honest, you'd be lost without Him. We'd be lost without Him. If it weren't for God, we'd still be like sacrificing lambs. Right? We'd still be, you know, for our forgiveness of sins. And so we have complete dependency on God. And so uh, praising Him in our pain declares our, our, His greatness and our dependency on Him. Self-sufficiency says, I have to hold on to what I have because I don't know when more will come. And sometimes we do that with our energy, we do that with our finances, and sometimes we even do that with, you know, holding on to our praise. We hold back on God because we're in pain. But dependency on God says, I found the giver of all good things. I've found the giver of all good things. And you know what? You can find him too. You can find him too. And so praise God in your pain. And the next thing is, is seek God as your source of comfort. Seek him as your source of comfort. Right? And we mentioned earlier about kind of medicating. It's, that's so easy. It's so easy to just, you know what? I'm going to make some Toll House cookies. Because I'm in a bad mood. Amen? Yes. And you know what? Probably half that dough ain't even going to get cooked, if you know what I mean. And so, like, it's so, so easy to, like, uh, look for other things as our source of comfort. I mean, like, seriously, how many times are you like, I just want to be in some Netflix and shut everybody out, right? <sighs> okay, whatever. Give yourself 30 minutes, Right? Because what happens when we give ourselves more than like 30 minutes of like a little binging, a little, a little special treat? A lot of times we give ourselves more and it just becomes a pattern in our life. It just becomes, you know, a habit in our life. And then it becomes something that we have to break later on, right? <laughs> so why bother? And so, uh, so ask God. Let him be your source of comfort. Don't let it be relationships, sex, substances, binge watching TV, food, uh, when we discover the miracle of God's comfort and, and we experience that God's comfort, we can give it away. That's the wonderful thing. You can't give away binge-watching TV, right? When somebody, like, oh, come on. Like, if, if your friend came to you because someone important di died or they lost their job, you know, I mean, wouldn't you like to be able to go, let me pray with you. Let's ex let me share God's comfort with you. Right? The worst thing you could do is go, let me take you out for drinks. Please don't do that. Let's share a bowl. No. No. Okay? All right? And so, 
when we see God as our source of comfort, we can give that away. We can give that away. I love it because what does Paul keep saying in 2 Corinthians? So that we can. So that we can. And the comfort. And so that we can. I mean, this is the whole message. Verses 3 through 7. Okay, seek God as your source of comfort. Let it turn you into someone who prays. Let it turn you into someone who praises. Let it turn you into someone who, who just like seeks the word and finds comfort in that because that's a comfort that lasts. Because what happens when the cookies are gone? <laughs> Grumpy face. <laughs> you know? What happens when you get to the end of the bottle? What happens? You need more. And you need more. And you need more. Right? And so that, and then we have addiction. And then you have a whole new slew of problems, right? That cost you a lot of money and creates a lot more pain. And so seek God as your source of comfort. The third thing is this, and, and I, I hit on this earlier, but don't, uh, don't curse your pain. Don't curse your pain. If we treat pain like it's an awful thing that we have to get rid of, we're going to miss what God wants to do through it. Right? As I stated earlier. If we just were like, we got to get rid of this, I got to get rid of this pain, we're going to miss what God wants to do through it. And God wants to do incredible things. Remember the C.S. Lewis quote, right? God shouts to us in our pain. He shouts to us in our pain. And uh, so instead, don't curse the pain. Uh, allow it to open your eyes. Allow it to open your eyes to the suffering around you. Um, you know, I, I, when, when you go through suffering, you ever notice that it's almost like you have, like, uh, radar for other people that are suffering with the same things, like, people, like that you never noticed before? Uh, just gonna, don't hate me for saying this, but before I had kids, I couldn't stand kids. <laughs> kids, bring a, kids bring a special kind of suffering into your life. Uh, and, but it's a, it's a good thing. And it's, it also brings with it an immense amount of love, an immense amount, right? And so, like, I remember, and I just, I love all three of my boys. They are amazing. Like, when I brought them home from the hospital, uh, or when they were born at home. Hudson was born at home. Cole was born at home. Force was born in the hospital. Uh, but I remember just bundling them up, putting them in their bassinet, and, like, just listening to them breathe. That teeny little cute baby breath. You know, Hudson, all night long, the night he was born, all night, he whimpered. Hmm, 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 hmm. I'm out in the cold world, right? And uh, put me back in, you know. And so, like, but they bring with them such a, a level of just like stretching you and growing you and forcing you to become more loving and, and, and enduring the pain and the, and the pleasure and all those things, right? But guess what? After I had babies, I love kids. And I empathize with other parents. And I stop saying stupid things like, well, if they would just make their kid behave, right? <laughs> I, I had, I had, I realized that that's impossible, right? You know, and so like, when you go through pain, all of a sudden you can empathize with other people who go through pain. And uh, so don't curse your pain. Uh, cursing your pain, it puts an unhealthy focus on your pain. 
Right? Why would you want to just always focus on your pain, always focus on that thing, always, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and then it causes it to sometimes get worse, right? There's, there's truth in saying we become what we focus most on. There's a whole lot of truth in that. We become what we focus most on. Why would you want to put so much focus on your pain, on your pain, right? I, I imagine the... Uh, Remember the temple guard and Peter cut his ear off. You guys remember that story? Some of you guys? Peter cuts his ear off because they were coming to arrest Jesus. And the temple guard, ear comes off. Could you imagine if that temple guard would have just wandered around like this? What the heck? What the heck? And then like showing people. Look what Peter did. Look what he did. What the heck? People do this for years, for years with their pain when they've been hurt. What would have happened to that ear? Start to stank, start to rot, start to get real nasty. But don't we do that with our pain? We just hold it out and curse it all the time, focus on it all the time. That's not what God wants you to do with your pain. What did the temple guard do? He let Jesus heal it. And that is what God wants you to do with it, okay? So don't curse your pain. And the last thing is this. See your pain as a gift to others. When we see our suffering as an opportunity to identify with and bring healing to others, you know what it does? It helps us take the sting away. It helps us take the sting away. You know, uh, when my dad died last year, one of the most comforting things for me was when I talked to other people who also experienced death, who also had went through that. And, and it just, it, like, it took the sting away. You know, it still hurt. I still had to process it. I still had to work through it, do a lot of things. Um, but it helped to take the sting away. Um, it helps us, it, it comforts us, and it comforts the person that we're reaching out to. When I was young, uh, and you guys know this, I told you, you guys this before, my dad left town. And when he left town, he rarely came back. Uh, he was a journeyman pipe fitter, and so he would leave. And every once in a while, he'd come back into town for a day or two. And it brought a lot of pain into my life. You know, growing up with an absentee father, an alcoholic father, who just, you know, uh, used to drive through the Quad Cities, but never even stopped to let me know he was coming through. You know, that kind of guy. And... Um, a few days after we moved to the Quad Cities, I was at Walmart, and there was this 12-year-old kid there who recognized me from our church. And uh, I had just come to his church to be uh, the youth pastor at his church, and he wasn't in the youth group yet, but he recognized me. We'll just call him Jason. And uh, just before, not too long before I got there, he had gone through a real similar ex uh, experience. His, his dad had abandoned him. And uh, he, he just, you know, he was living with his mom and, and he didn't have much. And because I had decided to assign my pain a purpose, I recognized that in him. I recognized, it was almost like, it was almost like our, our pains were, you know, at the same frequency, you know, at the same tune. And I recognized that. And I reached out to him. And, and I had a chance to befriend him. And I did what I could to, to comfort him in Jesus. In fact, I even took him with me on a couple mission trips to Ireland. And uh, 
we had the chance to. Hate the devil. <laughs> but it was because I had assigned a purpose to my pain that I had a chance to make a difference in his life. And his mother has like thanked me so many times. And, and, and if it weren't for that, if I, if I would have been just so wrapped up in my pain, just so, you know, carrying my ear around, you know, I wouldn't have recognized that in him because all I would have saw was what I was going through. You know, some of our very best camp volunteers are people who have gone through intense suffering growing up. They're amazing. And they come to us, and some of them have been in foster care, some of them have been abused, and they say, I just, I've been through it. I know what they've been through. And when you see them at camp, they're like some of the most patient counselors, <laughs> you know, and, and they're just, just like unfazed, and, uh, and they are just, they're amazing. You know, some of our counselors are just, they're like rocks out there. And, and I love them. And it's because they refuse to let their pain be wasted. Um, and so never let your pain be wasted. And so I, I want to ask you today, you know, what purpose are you going to assign to your pain? What purpose are you going to assign to your pain? Will, will you just let God comfort you? Let God comfort you. And, 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 and be a comfort to others. I feel like... Um, I feel like sometimes uh, we're just always asking why when we're in pain. Why did this happen? Why me? Why did this happen? Why, 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 why? Can I just tell you, why is one of the most futile questions you will ever ask yourself. Just, you know, if you're, if you're going through that, you've been betrayed, you've lost your job, somebody has hurt you, uh, you're just in a lot of pain, just stop asking why. Stop asking why because oh, that's, that's like pouring salt on the wound. It's like having a bruise and digging your, having somebody dig your thumb into it, you know? And if you had an older sibling, you've experienced that before. But uh, just stop asking why, and instead, uh, just ask God why. What purpose? What purpose can I assign to this? What purpose? God, how can I grow from this? How can I encounter you from this? You know, uh, how can I experience greater intimacy? And, and what purpose can I assign to it? And what the, what the enemy meant for evil, God will use for good. He will use for good. Uh, and so surrender the why. Please, just surrender the why questions. Why did this happen? Why, 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 why? And instead, commit to giving it a purpose. Um, one of our prayer team members uh, had um, uh, a, a picture today of a caterpillar trying to squeeze out of the chrysalis. You guys notice that, you know, that chrysalis is like a fraction of the size of the caterpillar's body, right? I mean, it's like, um, the interesting thing about the, the caterpillar when it when it's, makes its metamorphosis and grow, has its wings and it squeezes out of the thing, the, the, the little teeny hole, is, uh, is if it doesn't squeeze out of that little teeny hole, do you know what happens? They die, right? And it, and it, and, and, if you watch, if you ever watch like a, like a caterpillar coming out, it like seems to take forever. And it's just like working around the edges and it's working and it's hard and you can tell it's like seems, and, you, and then and you're like, you're so tempted to like help it, right? You just want to help it. And if you snip 
the edge of that hole and they get out without squeezing through it properly, without going through that pain. It's like the bodies are all swollen, the fluids aren't in their wings, they can't fly, and they usually and they end up dying. And so um, I think that that's a word picture for a couple of you today, that you're trying to take shortcuts out of that chrysalis, out of that little pain cage. You're trying to get out through a shortcut, maybe through medicating, maybe through blaming, maybe through, but, you're, but you're, it's definitely not growing through it, right? And, but God wants to make you something awesome. God wants to transform you into something amazing. And if you will let him, if you'll go through the pain, it's going to be awesome. In fact, we serve a God who one of his names is Rapha, right? And, and you know, Rapha, that picture, Jehovah Rapha, is actually a picture of, uh, of like, if you take a broken bone. And, and in that bone, what happens if you break a bone, it actually, like, knits back together. It's really incredible what you see. It, if you knit back, and at that point of the break, it actually becomes stronger than it was before. And so God wants to Rapha some of you today, but um, it's going to take assigning your pain a purpose, Right? And so why don't we have, uh, I'm going to pray for you. Let me pray for you. And worship team, if you want to come back up, you may.